podcast as always i'm your host emma and today we're mixing up a little bit and i know you can all hear my ac but it has not stopped running because it is a solid 97 degrees down here in tennessee and a whopping like 75 percent humidity so it's been rough <laughs> it's been rough and i don't i don't do the heat and yeah i moved down south not smart of me but it's not like I can do it during the day either because you're doing construction below me and it just goes non-stop. So we're just going to do the best we can and hopefully it doesn't distract everyone as much. Because either people say they don't hear or someone's like, it ruined it for me. I was like, well, you're not in this 97 degree state, but so we're just not going to do that. <laughs> so we're going to talk about something different today. We talk about songwriting. We've not talked about songwriting before, but I now go to a music school, even though I'm the farthest thing from a musician. But I have picked three songs that I like, and because at the end of the day, I kind of only talk about what I like. I know it sounds bad, but if you had recommendations, you could have sent some my way, because I did have it on my story. Hey guys, send me some song recommendations, and none of you sent anything. So that's why you get the songs you get now. So we're going to talk about Kate McCannon, House of the Rising Sun, and Hotel California. And I have annotated the lyrics. I have researched them. All of it. And so, let's begin, ladies and gentlemen. So Kate McCannon was written by Coulter Wall. I really like him. Great songwriter. He was 21 when he wrote this song, and he is Canadian. He's from Saskatchewan. Try saying that three times fast. Um, Imaginary Appalachia is my favorite. Well, Imaginary Appalachia is my favorite from him. That was his first, like, release, like, official, like, I think it was an e-pape. And Kate McCannon is one of my favorite songs from him. And it was on his first full-length album. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play the songs and then we're going to talk about them. So the first song... I'm going to play them in their entirety because I have to be going to talk about them and I enjoy all these songs. I think you might enjoy them. If not, you can always skip through them. But I think to really get the feel of lyrics also and just songs in general, they are meant to be heard. And I think that hearing it and the tone that they sing it in with the music that accompanies it helps give the full story of it. So I present to you guys... Kate McCannon by Coulter Wall. Raven is a wicked bird, his wings are black as sin. And he floats outside my prison window. Walking lows within And he sings to me real low It's hell to where you go For you didn't murder Kate McCannon first met Tom McCann I was working in the mine He said he had himself a dark-haired daughter with long green eyes And when she and I didn't meet she was bathing in the creek Prettiest girl in the whole damn holler That ain't no lie (laughs) 
So I went to court and Kate McCallie Got me a job and I quit my rambling Every day I'd say a quarter of my pay Like you'd buy a diamond ring Lord, and one day I come home to find Darling angels not inside So I made for the creek Where she and I didn't meet I found her with some other lover about a man who tells the story of him murdering his fiance wife doesn't really say where they are in the relationship and he does this because he catches her cheating on him and it's a very short song lyrically wise there's not a lot of lyrics to it but he tells a whole story of it and then my favorite part is just how it goes, goes and goes, and then the last line, and I put three rounds, and then Kate McCann, just the way he sings it is just so, like it sends shivers down my spine every single time I listen to it, and it just never gets old. I just love that part. This part is my favorite. So you just hear, and it's just like, like the, the climax of the story. Like that's it. It starts with the man talking about a raven that's sitting outside his prison window. And it's him telling, it's his, pretty much his confession. And it's the whole story from when he met Kate to when he murdered her. And the whole thing. And he goes, when I first met Tom McCann, who's Kate's father, he was working, well, our narrator was working in the mines. And that was a very common job for men in this area. Elise, when I did research, it doesn't say exactly where it is. But a court, but... I've watched other people talk back because I'm trying to figure out like where is this song like supposed to be and between the music video and how other people say they say it's supposed to be in Appalachia and when researching it I found that apparently working in coal mines or just mines in general was a very common job for men in those areas so that is why I am putting that connection there I mean if by any chance any of you are listening and you hear anything different please let me know again this is all just research that i do on a lot of these topics and that's why i always say like hey if i got something wrong or if you have a different like view of something just send it my way because i would love to learn more or to correct myself if i was wrong on something but my research seems to have led that coal mining was a very common or just mining in general was very common for men in appalachia and so they met working in the mines and he says that Kate McCannon had dark hair and green eyes and that when he first met her, she was bathing 
in the creek, like down. And then he says that's no lie that she was the prettiest girl. So it's like an instant falling in love. It's like a love at first sight kind of thing. As you are seeing this love at first sight, especially from our narrator to Kate, you keep remembering that at the beginning, he confesses to murdering Kate McCann. It's right at the end of the first uh, verse. And it's someone saying, it's held to where you go for you did murder Kate McCannon. So you know, and then you're watching this love story happen, and in the back of your mind you know Kate's gonna die. So in the last verse kind of speeds up and puts their entire relationship on blast for us to see. And he says that he went corn Kate McCannon, so he went to go date her. And he says that he quit his, uh, he quit his rambling and he got a job, so he is trying to prove that he can be a husband that can support his wife financially in this area because in this area is extremely traditional gender roles so it was very big that men could support their wives and then he also adds that he would save a quarter of his pay to buy her a diamond ring so he's going to propose to her and it doesn't say if he does or if he doesn't we'll, he doesn't really say what stage of the relationship they're in but he plans to marry Kate. Now, whether they've already been engaged and then he finds out or not, it doesn't really say, but he just says, every day I saved a core of my pay, I could buy a diamond ring. And then he goes on saying, Lord, and one day I come home to find my darling angels not inside. So he comes back, she's not there. So he goes out looking for her and he goes to the creek where they first met and he finds that she's with someone else. She's with another man. And the music video, I'll I'll link all the music videos below because I think they're definitely also a part of storytelling is the music videos or just the performances in general. And you see him, how it's staged. It's Kate and this other guy, they're in the dark. They're kind of rolling around in the grass, uh, kissing. And he pulls up with a truck and you just see the headlights and it's just his silhouette. And he walk, and the guy, the other guy runs away that Kate was um, with, and it just leaves Kate there with our narrator. And the final line is, and I put three rounds into Kate McCannon, showing that he murdered her out of rage because she slept, oh, not that she slept with this man, but she was, it's alleged that she was going to, that they were going to have an affair that she was cheating on him and then if when you listen to the song it kind of ends with like that bouncy um tone and rhythm to it and in the music video you actually see people still dancing and showing highlights of their relationship after the murder and it's kind of amazing how he goes through a whole song and they call it a chilling ballad that's always a description that's given and it's really something special because usually songs have a repeated chorus repeats and he doesn't repeat these words he's very kind of point a point b he tells a whole story and he tells about the love and murder of our narrator how he loved this woman so much and he was going to marry her and all this stuff and when she cheated on him he went into such a rage that he killed her and he's arrested now spends the rest of his life in prison and I just think it's it's a wonderful song. It's not a song that I think many people think about when they think of country music because it is more like a ballad, but just Coulter has such a deep voice and I think it's just so good. And he was 21 when he wrote this song. Like this, this is an, an intense song to write at any age. And he wrote it at 21 and I am 21 and I have not written anything nearly as good as Kate McCannum. And I think it really shows how poetry can become songs. Because I consider this to be more of a poem that he put to music. I mean, it doesn't have the normal bridge, chorus, pre-chorus. It tells a song. It tells a story. It's a, it's a poem. It, I feel like it, it reads like prose, like poetry. But it's a song. And I think that kind of... you want. It reminds me a lot of Bob Dylan's songs. You know, you could read those like, like a story, like a poem. That's kind of like how this is. And I think he really does well with that. He does. And I really like a lot of his original stuff. I haven't really heard his new album yet. I heard he took it a different round. I just haven't gotten around to listen to it. I don't know why. I just keep forgetting to do it. But if I definitely recommend checking out his old stuff. 
Imaginary Appalachian, uh, Sleeping on the Blacktop, uh, Devil Wears a Soon Tie, and Kate McKenna are my three favorite songs by him. All of them tell a story, and all of them have like this beautiful imagery that even if you're not from that area of the United States and Canada, because um, he's right near the border in the northern part of America and the southern part of Canada, Saskatchewan, you can vividly see what he's talking about and he has these stories that he tells and I think it's something that has been lost in the art of songwriting and he's really bringing it back. Okay, so the next song is The House of the Rising Sun and I'm using the Animals version because I think that was the version that kind of really launched that song. Kind of internationally, I mean that's the most popular version of the song even though there's, and we'll talk about the long history of it. But um, it is one of the most performed and covered songs in history. It is an American folk song and the song has changed a lot. It's quite funny that um, we went from Kate McCannon to House of the Rising Sun and I did not realize this connection. But the original version House of the Rising Sun is said to have come from rural Appalachia and his traveling salesmen and nomadic groups move the song around the country. But it's very hard for people to pinpoint the real creator of the song. Some people say it's back from medieval Europe. Some people say it formed here. So we don't really know where the legend of the House of the Rising Sun is from. But a lot of people say that the House of the Rising Sun is actually, there's a pub in New Orleans called the Rising Sun, but no one ever confirmed what it is. And because there's so many different versions of the song, the House of the Rising Sun changes from a pub to a brothel to a prison to a poorhouse. It changes so much. No one can really pinpoint what the House of the Rising Sun is. It just seems to be a place of sin and temptation. I think that's what kind of makes it so universal is people have changed it so much. And we're going to talk about the traditional version versus the animals version. Then we actually have Bob Dylan's version. So we got three different versions of the song we're going to talk about. But we're primarily going to talk about the, uh, the animals version. And I'm going to play it for you guys right now because I think... I'm sure you've heard it, but there's so many versions out there. I want to make sure we're all thinking of the same version when we talk about this and the history of it because it gets a little bit messy when you see so many versions of it. So we're going to play that right now and I'll be right back. Yeah. 
version is clearly written from the point of view of a young man, but the traditional version was actually from the point of view of a woman. And it's gone back and forth plenty of times in history, and the rhythms have changed, the way presenting has changed. Um, Bob Dylan's version was said to be one of the most modern versions, and that jump-started the animals, and they brought it to England, and then back to America, and... So they really jump-started it, but let's read the traditional lyrics first, then we'll do Bob Dylan, then we'll do the Animals version, talk about that again. So the traditional version says, There's a house in New Orleans, they call the rising sun. It's been a ruin of many poor girl, and oh me, oh God, for one. If I had listened what Mama said, I'd be at home today. Being so young and foolish, poor boy, let a rambler lead me astray. Go tell my baby sister, never do like I have done, to shun that house in New Orleans they call the rising sun. My mother, she's a tailor, she sewed my new blue jeans. My, my sweetheart, he's a drunkard, Lord drinks down in New Orleans. The only thing the drunkard needs is a suitcase and a trunk. The only time he's satisfied is when he's on a drunk. Fill his glass to the brim, pass them around, oh pleasure he gets out of life. One foot is on the platform, the other is on the train. I'm going back to New Orleans to wear that ball and chain. Going back to New Orleans, my race is almost run. Going back to spend my days beneath the rising sun. So the original version, people were very mixed because he talks about, well, whoever the original singer was of the traditional lyrics, who's changed a lot, tells the story of this girl, and she talks about drinking a lot. So people thought the House of the Rising Sun was this pub. But then the idea of the ball and chain, people thought it was a prison. Um, many people actually thought it was a women's prison or a men's prison or like a, a poor house where they pay off debt. So again, the House of the Rising Sun has changed a lot because the ball and chain is kind of like that stereotypical when they would let prisoners out into the yard. They would put um, a chain with a big heavy ball around their ankles so they couldn't run away. So people thought, oh, maybe it's a prison. But then they talk so much about drinking. They're like, oh, well, maybe it's a, a pub or a the brothel place, so it, it changes, and I find it so interesting that the, who different people thought the House of the Rising Sun is, because I always thought it was, when I was younger, I thought it was a bar, and then hearing about, uh, like, temptation and sin and all this stuff, I was like, oh, maybe it's something more, so maybe it's just a mix of a lot of things, but then we have Bob Dylan, and so Bob Dylan changed some of the lyrics and he added some and he changed it because that kind of is the story of this song also it's been changed it's been adapted not only just how it sounds but the lyrics the story has changed the metaphors have changed it's a constantly ever-growing changing song it's very rare you hear the same version of it i mean like on my phone alone i have the apples version don't roast me but i have jeremy renner's version i have the animals version bob dylan's version 
and a, and a version from The Voice. Oh God, who sang that? She was so good with it. Oh, here we go. Kimberly Nicole. So that brings us into Bob Dylan's version of the song, which was one of the most popular songs and got the attention of the animals who then later covered it. And again, they changed the lyrics to their own. And Bob Dylan says that there is a house down in New Orleans they call the Rising Sun. It's been the ruin of many poor girls and me, oh God, I'm one. My mother was a tailor, she sewed these new blue jeans. My sweetheart was a gambler, lured down in New Orleans. Now the only thing a gambler needs is a suitcase and a trunk. The only time he satisfies when he's on a drunk. He fills his glass to the brim until passes cards around. And the only pleasure he gets out of life is rambling from town to town. Oh, tell my baby sister not to do what I have done, but shun that house in New Orleans they call the rising sun. Well, with one foot on the platform and the other foot on the train, I'm going back to New Orleans to wear that ball and chain. I'm going back to New Orleans, my race is almost run. I'm going back to end my life down in the rising sun. There is a house in New Orleans they call the rising sun, and it's been the ruin of many a poor girl and me, oh God, I'm one. So Bob Dylan continues the story of it being a girl that's telling the story, but he does he does add to it. He adds more verses to it, and primarily he he adds the line that I'm going back to end my life down in the rising sun, which kind of in the traditional version it seems the narrator is struggling with whatever temptation she has for the house of the rising sun and is warning people not to do what she did in the past at the house of the rising sun but bob dylan's version of the narrator is going not only warning you about what she has done and not to follow the same path but then is going back to continue down that path almost as if you can't run away from temptations that the house will always be there calling you back and so let's get on to the animals version because i just think it's I think it's I think it's the best. And it's the most popular version of the song and they changed it back to being the point of view of a man. Which there is nothing wrong with that. I think it goes back to everyone finding their own version of the song and what they like cuz it's gone back and forth a lot whether it's a boy and a girl. And the animals version, they say that there's a house in New Orleans they call the Rising Sun and it's been the ruin of many a poor boy and god I know I'm one. My mother was a tailor. She sewed my new blue jeans. My father was a gambling man down in New Orleans. Now the only thing a gambler needs is a suitcase and trunk. The only time he's satisfied is when he's on a drunk. Oh mother, tell your children not to do what I have done. Spend your lives in sin and misery in the house of the rising sun. Well, I got one foot on the platform, the other on the train. I'm going back to New Orleans to wear that ball and chain. Well, there is a house in New Orleans they call the Rising Sun, and it's been the ruin of many a poor boy, and God, I know I'm one. It's almost as if they're paralleling the other two versions, the traditional and the Bob Dylan version, because it's almost as if it's being told from the point of view of the boy that the girl talks about. Um, and I definitely think that version is the most popular version. I mean, we've all heard it. That's the one you have that opening, like, strum of the guitar that they added, which is very iconic everyone i feel like knows that and it's so interesting because it was a british band coming and became extremely popular in america playing an american folk song and i think that kind of shows just how like <laughs> americans we kind of know what we like sometimes and if and it's very um if you can catch on to the trends that are in america many times especially in the music industry i mean you've seen that many times you can ride that wave and the animals definitely did with the house of the rising sun I think the most important part of the House of the Rising Sun legacy and all the air versions, I mean, we could probably read different versions for hours and hours and hours. There's so many different versions out there by so many talented musicians, and they've all changed. Like, none of them sound the same, both lyrically and musically. They change the rhythms, the beats, the speed, the tempo, all of it. But for every musician, the House of the Rising Sun is a different place. It's a new place, whether it's a brothel, um, a poor house, a gambling house, a prison, a pub, a casino, what, whatever it is, at the end of the day, it's a place of sin and it is a place that we constantly keep crawling back to. And I'm sure you can think of 
a vice, you always crawl back to something more than just a guilty pleasure. And it kind of warns us that the house of the rising sun will always be there. Even when we think we've gone away. Again, that idea of I got one platform. I got one foot on the platform. The idea that you could be leaving and it's always going to be there. You can, kind of like Hotel California, you can check out anytime you like of the house of the rising sun, but you can never leave. It's always going to be there. You're always going to be crawling back to the house of the rising sun because it's a place of sin and it's a place of temptation. I think that is why the House of the Rising Sun and this song has transcend pop culture and it's transcend the music world. I think it is just so ingrained in not only the folk American music scene, I think just in America in general. I mean, if you, I feel like I've never met someone that did not know what a reference to the House of the Rising Sun is because again, it's the most covered song and there's a reason why is the most performed and covered song i think it's because everyone has you can perform and you can listen to and you can understand the house of the rising sun because again it doesn't specifically tell you hey this is a pub and all these people are drunks or hey this is a brothel and all these people are cheating on their spouses or they're addicted to sex no it's a house where temptation happens and we all have that some worse than others but I think that's why we remember the House of the Rising Sun and why so many people enjoy it and cover it and listen to it. It's because we all have been there at one point in our lives. If we haven't been there yet, we're going to be there soon. It's always going to be there. It's not just in New Orleans. It is always going to be there waiting for you to come crawling back to it. So on to our final song, last but not least, because this is probably my favorite song ever. I love Hotel California, and I actually saw a TikTok the other day, and it was like some Reddit thing. It's like, name a song that's absolutely perfect. I'm like, if Hotel California is not on this, I'm going to be upset. And guess what, guys? Hotel California was on that. You want to know who else was on that? House of the Rising Sun. So we're two for three, guys. We are two for three, according to Reddit's best song post. I think we're doing great. I think that shows how in touch I am with pop culture, guys. I am not an old soul trapped in a body anymore. I am in with the times. I'm groovy and I'm hip. Oh my God, I should cut that out. But you know I'm not, because I'm here for your entertainment, even if that means embarrassing myself. And you might be asking, Emma, are you going to play the whole song, including the guitar rift? Of course I am. So buckle up, guys, because we're going to the Hotel California.
champagne on ice And she said We are all just prisoners here Of our own device And in the master's chambers They're gathered for the feast They stab it with their stealing eyes But they just can't based on a book and if I had known that before sitting down to record this I would have been reading the book it's actually based on a book called The Magnus and is about a man that takes part in psychological experiments and he's starting to wonder what is real and what is reality I didn't know that this was based on, on a book or at least one of the inspirations was a book I feel a little bit insulted that I'm talking about something that was based on a book and I did not know about that yet. Because I'm someone that will not watch a movie until I read the book. Why do you think I haven't watched Twilight yet? It's not because I have no desire to. It's because I have not read the books yet. And I never will. My roommate's yelled at me. Lauren is next door to me. I'm sure she can hear me. And I'm sure she's fuming. She's very upset I have not read the Twilight books yet or seen the movies. Apparently, a lot of girls get mad at me when I say that, but guess I'm not like other girls. It's my I'm not like other girls moment. I've, I've never read Twilight. <laughs> so there's a lot of different ways that Hotel California has been interpreted. And we'll talk about a couple of them. So one of them is based on that book, which I, I plan to read and I will read it. And heck yes, I will be reviewing it on this show so we can talk more about the Hotel California. It's called The Magus by Jonathan Faust. And again, this kind of reads like, like a story. It opens with, on the dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, smell of colitas rising through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy with the sight, grew dim. I had to stop for the night. And there she stood at the doorway. I heard the mission bell, and I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven, this could be hell. I could continue on. But he sets the scene. There's so many details in it. He talks about Mercedes Benz, um, mirrors on the ceiling. Uh, pink champagne he goes into such great detail about what he's seeing and it really sets the scene like you can imagine yourself driving down these california roads because he sets the scene for it 
hey, you're on the dark desert highway and you can feel the wind probably like windows down or you're in a convertible, like you're driving fast on these California highways and you, you can feel yourself there because of that. It, it sets up imagery. It sets the scene, which is something not even the House of Rising Sun or Kate McCann did. It sets the scene of where you are so you know exactly what they're seeing. A lot of people think this is a lot about drugs and the life of California because the Eagles were very new to California at this time when they wrote it. And California and the history of Hollywood is a story of opportunities and dreams, but also vices and downfalls. I mean, how many people have we seen that Hollywood chew them up and spit them out? I mean, that's why I kind of stay far away. I have no desire to go to Hollywood. I'm like, oh, I would love to be a screenwriter, or like a novelist or something like that. But I could not survive Hollywood, and it, it's definitely not a good environment, I think. The music age of this in the 70s is was there was a lot of drugs, a lot of cocaine, LSD, all that stuff. Then you had Hollywood and this kind of counter-revolution, but not counter-revolution. It was a very weird time because you also had Vietnam going on, and you had Korea, and it's, it was it was a weird time in American history. It's very hard to pinpoint how to describe that but i think this song describes what california and primarily hollywood and the music and entertainment industry was like in that time there's a very eerie and uneasy feel to the song i don't feel like it's not a song that makes you want to feel relaxed you, you don't listen to the song you're like damn yeah i want to go to california but you also want to it's very weird I remember my dad once made the made a joke, and I, I don't think he'll remember this, but I do, and he said something like, oh, everyone finds their Hotel California, You'd, eventually in your life you'll find it, and I want to find my Hotel California, I want to find a place that I can check out anytime I like, but I can never leave, because it sits with you, I mean, you can't walk away from a place like this, the Hotel California, something that's going to stick with you for a very long time, and I actually want, I actually have a film not film, a screenplay that I planned of a ho like a Hotel California kind of thing. So, the Eagles, if you are listening to this and you want to fund that, my name is Emma. We can work something out. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I can work. I can work on a small budget. Casey knows that I can work on a small budget. She, she's she's worked on a budgetless film with me before, where we were at the Dollar Tree getting stuff. So I can I can make a film with a small budget. I can do that, Eagles. Send them over my way. We, we can make a great, like, extended music video or something. Again, I keep talking about that line, the last line, but we're going to talk about that later. It's an open-ended song. It talks about the California life, the music industry. Some people say religion. That line, well, this could be heaven and this could be hell, and there's a lot of um, religious Im imagery with it. But the main one I want to talk about is um, the drugs, because, I mean, we, we've all heard those stories, I mean. I feel like drugs in Hollywood kind of go hand in hand. Primarily, people think that the mirrors on the ceiling and pink champagne on the ice is a reference to um, cocaine mirrors because the that classic image, I mean, you always see that in uh, movies, is people, uh, and then books too. I don't know why. I don't know why we started with mirrors, and I wish I knew why because I always just, every time someone does like cocaine in movies, Especially in this time period, they always do it on a mirror. They would line it. I, I don't know why. I kind of I kind of wish we knew. I need to look into. Does anyone know why? Tell me. If you've done cocaine, do you do it on on uh, mirrors? If you take cocaine, stop. It's on, it's not healthy for you. We love Wolf of Wall Street here, but we do not support Jordan Belfort's drug addiction. So, no cocaine for any of you. If I find out if you do cocaine, you're all in timeout. So. It's also like a fever dream. The whole song is like a fever dream. Especially that line, it's like, we're all programmed to receive. The way he says it, it's like, it's like, hey man, like, chill out. Because he says, relax. Like, kind of like remind you, like, hey, like, so tell you're supposed to rest here. It's hard to describe the song, but you know that feeling. If you, well, I played the song for you, and if you've heard the song, there's this feeling to it, this uneasy feeling but you keep coming back to it it's and i don't know what it is about 
the song, it, it's, I think it's also what constantly keeps bringing us back to hotels, because do, do hotels like creep you all out? Because they do a little bit for me, and I was reading something the other day about this thing called the Uncanny Valley, which is um, when you see something that's human, or it looks human, but it's not human, we get that a lot of like robots, and I think that kind of also relates to, um, or like animations, like something that looks really human, but it's not, and it, it, it freaks us out, makes us very uncomfortable. And I think that kind of also relates to scenarios that feel comfortable, but aren't. A hotel is not a comfortable place to be in. All of them look the same. Those hallways seem to go on forever. Hotels are very uncomfortable. I don't know if anyone else gets that. I don't like hotels. I don't. And they give that, this song gives the same feeling a hotel hallway gives me. And you know what I'm talking about, especially if you stay in hotels in America. Like those Hampton Inns, they all look the same. Those Holiday Inns all look the same. The Marriott's all look the same. That, that you know that, I mean, the hallway that just seems to be going on forever. And it's like, woo. And then after the song was released, The Shining that was based in a hotel, came out afterwards. You know that feeling hotels give you, it's that uneasy feeling. And this song gives that feeling, that uncanny valley feeling. It feels like it's reality, but it's not. It feels like it's a human, but it's not. The song is open-ended. And I think I wanna end on that line that you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. You can. You can say you're going to stop things. It's very hard to leave once you've lost your innocence. Because I do think, I think if you are addicted to drugs or you are addicted to alcohol or whatever other vice you have, the Hotel California is the same feeling of the House of the Rising Sun. The House of the Rising Sun will always be there. The Hotel California will forever change you. You can leave the Hotel California, but you lost part of you there. You lost your innocence or you lost your humanity or you lost your love or you lost your passion you lost something in the hotel california and you can never get it back it's the same thing as the house of the rising sun and i think that's why we constantly come back to these two songs and i think kate mechanic kind of shows um a different version of it. i think i think first you either check into the hotel california or you have a drink at the house of the rising sun and then when you lose who you are and your rage or your hurt or your anger takes over you hurt kate mccannon and whether you're kate that cheated on someone or you're the person that murders kate i think all these three songs are now connected as i'm putting that together the house of the rising sun is filled with sin hotel california is where you lose your innocence and Kate McCannon is where you damn yourself to hell. And that was a very dark thing. I did not really put those three together. These were just three songs I really liked. They happened to come up one after another when I press shuffled one day when I was planning things. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to talk about those three things with the stories that they have. And this turned dark really quickly. Oh my gosh, I did not mean for that to happen. Maybe, maybe I'm going crazy from my AC going all the time and all, all the dark thoughts are coming through. But... Tell, tell me what you think. Do you have a different interpretation of these songs? Do you like these songs? Which one's your favorite? Tell me, do you have any other songs that every time you listen to me, like, that's a damn good story it's telling? Let me know. I'm always looking for music. I love music. I get so bored of my playlist. I really do because I listen to them so much. I get so bored of them. So let me know. And let me know, have you found your Hotel California? Have you found your House of the Rising Sun? Or are you far past them and... and you've already handled and you've already dealt with uh kate mccannon let me know i'm curious i'm curious to where all my followers are i like to think i haven't ran into my hotel california or house of the rising sun yet maybe, maybe i hope i already have so i don't like go down i, I want to go up i want to be on an upward swing but let me know again which song is your favorite and this episode is different trying to spice things up a little bit but we're kind of getting into a steady stream of reading again which is kind of nice we got some big books i'm excited for a lot of these books 
On Friday, we're going to be talking about Song of Achilles and the cult of book talk. So I still stand by the fact that I think book talk is a cult. Then we're going to, next week, read um, Dostoevsky's The Possessed or The Devils of the Demons. Again, translation, there's three different versions. I've seen all of them. My copy says The Possessed, so that's why it's kind of what we call that, at least for me. But please know if yours is The Devils or The Demons, same book, all that good stuff. We, we love translations and seeing it, but I've not been able, to, I want to get the other versions. I want to see how different the translations are. If I mean, if the title is that off. Like, demons and devils I get, but mine's the possessed. Like, that that's really far off. And then to wrap up next week, we'll be reading Ozymandias, which is my favorite poem. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for always supporting the show, sticking around. You, you know I love you guys. If you have anything you want to recommend, please let me know. I would love, 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 love to have more uh, reading books. I'm not book banding right now i cannot buy any more books but if you guys insist on me reading a book i have to get it if you guys want to help me out there and maybe that's my house of the rising sun maybe my house of the rising sun is barnes and nobles dun 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 okay enough existential crises tonight it's 10 30 at night on a monday i want to go to bed <laughs> all right so thank you all again for stopping by as always This has been the notes from the library.